Let's welcome everybody in on the national hour of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Welcome. JB says welcome. Yes. He's Sammy McKee. We've got upstairs Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. A lot of top stories around the National Hockey League in this country. We've got Edmonton and Vancouver. We've got Winnipeg getting hot as well. Oh, yeah. We've got some good storylines going. We've got the Ottawa Senators. In overtime, currently. In overtime, which draws a three-point game, which only clouds everything in the Eastern Conference. Sean Reynolds will join us in a few minutes to talk about those Winnipeg Jets and Kyle Connor. Time to give him some some love. Lighting it up. Three points the other night versus the Devils. A little later on in the show, we've got some Gary Bettman clips as he addressed the media in Stockholm. I had a so, tough time getting through him today, boys. That'll... <laughs> he's he's <laughs> so condescending. Oh, man. God. Yes. I say that like I don't know. Oh. His... So if, I get him, if, if we get him on the show yeah. here, you're just going to gonna tell him? I'll plug my ears. <laughs> Sam, okay. step outside. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do the questioning. Okay, tons. Uh, but we saw two games last night where both Edmonton and Vancouver yes. found a way to hang in there oh. and get their two points. Now the league leader in points is not one, but three Vancouver Canucks. Pedersen, Miller, and Hughes all have 26 points, and they're leading the league together. How insane is that? The Western Conference leading. Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. I mean, what were the odds? We now, need to go back a month. In our, in our Leaf edition uh, an hour ago, we were talking Willie Nylander. Uh, potentially being one of those guys that could sneak oh, in there boy. as a Here comes top buzz 10. Kill Billy. No, buzz no, not, no, no buzz kill. No buzz kill. But our boy Sammy, mm. I believe, suggested that he'd have no problem trading Willie Nylander for JT Miller. When? Did Didn't you not him? mention you? I like JT Miller. Oh, okay. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't well, do I, it? I would have done it. No, I don't think there's ever been a time I would have done that. But I would consider it now, for sure. I wa- I, I'm watching JT Miller and. Again, last night, I get scores, passes. You like his attitude more than that. Well, listen, uh, I I, I saw him a good portion of his career as this guy that found a way to kind of make it look like he was a me, 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 I, I, I guy. And I, I, I don't see that. And is it just maturity? Is it Rick Tockett? But this guy's turned into... A real leader for the Vancouver Canucks. I, you know, there's, I, there's times I still see him melt down a little bit. Yeah, but that's but good. it's if he can pick and choose when he does it. Yeah. it just adds, I guess, to his game. I've written before about how when you start positively, people get the good vibes going, and you you're not squeezing the stick. You're just kind of you keep your mind a little bit more open. And the Canucks have had a lot of talent that seems to have been burdened by the organization over the past few years. They almost seem freed up this year, and man, they are. They are tough to stop. They're the league's leading offense, which is impressive. Yeah, it makes that Leafs win all more the more impressive on Saturday. So you wouldn't yeah. trade JT Miller for Willie, but there's right they're, they're younger. He's older than Willie right now. What's his con? He's got that long contract, right? Didn't he sign the? Oh, he's, he's only at eight, eight and a half. Yeah, for a hundred years, wasn't that? Remember last year how big of a hot button conversation yes. that was? Yeah, remember it was like. Oh, they were all they but were laughed at for so signing that deal. Mad. Well, yeah, because they signed it, and he was immediately 
Not, well, and the like, team was looking like they were going the other direction. And like, what was, are you committing to Miller for? And wasn't there times where they were talking about, oh, maybe they could trade it? Oh, like, yeah. Remember that? We had oh, those conversations. Waffled. I'm sure oh, they yeah. waffled. He's eight even until 2930. Mm. He makes eight million for the next lot of years. Yeah, no, he's worth that. That's for sure. Yeah. He's leading the league in points. Yeah, it's pretty decent. <laughs> Good value. Last night we saw the game-winning goal from the current captain beat a goal from their former captain in Bo Horvat. What yeah. were your thoughts about uh, going into the game for Bo and yeah. what you actually saw? I just need to comment on Matthew Barzal's defense on Quinn Hughes in overtime, and bleh, that was vile. <laughs> that he was just, a nice finish, though. It was a nice finish, but he like, okay, everyone's got a guy. My guy's coming up the yeah. ice. One pass, and he was like, look, a hockey puck. Yeah, I thought like, they gave, uh, I thought it was handled really well by the Vancouver it was. fans. And Horvat. Horvat said he was frustrated with the organization on the way out. Um, loved his time there. He had a tear before warm-up. He scores a goal. The he went, for, he went full Knobloch. In the, in the... He went full Chris Knobloch. Yeah, we got two, two cry fests this week. Love it. All right, as promised, Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet reporter in Winnipeg, joining us on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Uh, Sean, how are you? Is this, uh, is this one of those uh, weeks where... Winnipeg Jet players are going, hey, listen, I, I, yeah, I get the storylines in Edmonton and, and Vancouver, but uh, hey, don't forget about us. Yeah, yeah, where's the love for Winnipeg? It's always what people in Winnipeg are asking at all, t- all times. You know what? You could never get enough attention. People will have, have been saying for years that Kyle Connor's an underrated guy. I've always argued in the past his career numbers are almost exactly the same as Jake Gensel. Um, so they're very similar players in what they produce. And, you know, Jake Gensel isn't that guy that we're constantly hearing about all the time. So, listen, I'm always kind of trying to calm Winnipeg sports fans down and let them know that, you know, the eyes turn to the places where, where you know, the hot players are. And for, for that reason, I think people should be turning and looking towards Winnipeg because what's going on right now with this team, not only what they're – doing in the standings uh the the wins that they win are impressive the losses um are are not ugly losses uh they seem to be getting better and learning a lot of lessons in those losses this is the team i guess i'd put it like this the the one kind of achilles heel for the winnipeg jets so far is when they've played upper echelon teams the likes of dallas stars the other night they've lost twice already to the vegas golden knights kind of got their butts whipped by the la kings they don't seem to be in that stratosphere of upper echelon NHL teams yet, but I think right now if there was a light heavyweight division in the NHL, the Winnipeg Jets would be giving that division a pretty good run right now. Yeah, I, I mean, lots of good things. Obviously, um, you know, Connor's numbers are one thing. Uh, Cole Perfetti's a guy who seems to be having a good year. You know, tell us about what's gone right. Um, and then, you know, if you want to seg maybe into, I know Connor Hellebuck hasn't had the best year. Tell, just give us yeah. the, the high and low end of the Jets so far this season. Well, the high end for me is the duo of Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. Yeah. I don't think uh, Kyle Connor is doing what he's doing if Mark Shifley isn't playing the way he's playing. Now, these guys have added a layer of defensive responsibility to their game that we probably haven't seen in the past with them, and yet they've got better offensively. And that was Rick Bonus really preaching to his team that the way he wanted them to get offense was off good defense, and they're doing that right now. Um, and I'll say this, uh, th- these two have a chemistry going right now. Blake Wheeler 
from around 2015 to 2020 was kind of under the radar, one of the best passers, if not the best passer in the game. Mark Shifley has reached that level of what he is right now. If Kyle Connor is open for a fraction of a second, Mark Shifley's finding him. And it's in his wheelhouse, and then often it's in the back of the net. So that duo is going like gangbusters right now. Cole Perfetti, you mentioned him. Secondary scoring that we're getting uh, from this team is starting to pick up. They had a little bit of a slow start. The, the true power of this team is their third line. Adam Lowry's line will punch you in the mouth, take your lunch money. And then what they haven't done in years past is go down the other end of the ice to score goals. Wasn't that long ago, those three members of that line were first or one off, uh, one point off of being the leaders in scoring on that team. So they're putting the puck in the net and, and transitioning to Connor Hellebuck as, as you asked me to do. That's the very interesting part about this Winnipeg Jets team. I think we all expect at some point Connor Hellebuck is going to wake up and return to what we expect from him. What the Jets are doing right now and looking very impressive on a lot of nights, a really impressive win over the New Jersey Devils the other night, they're doing it without Connor Hellebuck being anywhere near capable of what Connor Hellebuck is capable of. So right now the Winnipeg Jets they're a very good team. They've got potential to get a lot better, and that that could be scary for a lot of the other teams in the league. We're talking to Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet reporter. I'm Nick Kiprios, two guys that can relate to being punched in the mouth and having their lunch money stolen, Sammy McKee and Justin Bourne. Um, when I look at the defense, Sean... Not wrong. When I, when I look at the defense, I see uh, talent in Neil Pionk, Morrissey, uh, DeMello... I, I just don't see big. This is still, nope. a, I still see big buff somewhere in that uniform. And yeah. is, is there thought about finding ways to, to make this blue line bigger? I, Dylan's there, but, you know, uh, Logan Stanley's at 6'7", and he can't find a regular uh, situation there. Is there any talk that this blue line still is not big enough to compete in the West? I think there should be talk about that. I think the the vast majority of people will tell you that this team is probably a second line center um, and a top four big rugged defenseman who can also move the puck away from being a true contender uh, in the West. And, and I would I would be in that uh, group of people who think that <clears throat> this is the tricky part about this, right? Brennan Dillon's a big strong guy and he can make you pay, right? Uh, Dylan Sandberg is coming along and quietly having a really, really great year for the Winnipeg. Just no one's talking about him. And there's a reason it's just, he's not making mistakes. He's not flashy, but he's not standing out in a bad way. Uh, but you know, Nate Schmidt is looking like he's, he's struggled off and on this year. Uh, Neil Pionk, um, he's again, off and on. This is a guy at one point was looking like he was breaking out as an, uh, offensive defenseman. Josh Morrissey has come along and stolen that mantle and ran with it on this team. But uh, I hear exactly what you're saying. They're not the biggest defense. I think last year that was exposed really, really badly in the playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and so I, I subscribe to your theory that uh, I think a lot of people expected there to be changeover on the Jets' blue line. Never mind the fact a lot of people thought maybe Connor Hellebuck would be gone and uh, Mark Scheifele and that people expected a lot of change. Kevin Sheveldayoff is a patient, patient guy. And at times like this, it looks like it really pays off. But at other times, that patience looks like inactivity and has cost them in the past. 
if this team has true designs on contending for a Stanley Cup, they probably have to get bigger on the back end. But it's not just a matter of getting bigger. you got to find, you know, that size with skill. And we all know those guys grow on trees. Hey, it's easy to solve that problem, right? Well, if it was easy to solve that problem, it would have been solved a long time ago. And that's the big problem the Winnipeg Jets find themselves dealing with. Sean, I'm going to read you a text from a friend of mine because he'll uh, know you'll be able to answer it better than than me. Is P.L. Dubois wildly overrated slash overpaid? He's uh, four four goals and four assists in L.A. right now. You know, you, you saw him a little bit. What are your thoughts on what's going on there with Dubois? So, so what I, I saw from him, so when he signed that deal, I thought, okay, well, that's the kind of deal that I think the Winnipeg Jets were thinking, yeah, we, I don't think they would have signed that deal. Yeah. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, from what we covered him, has the ability to entirely take over games um, and does so at certain number amounts of time. Uh, he was always among the league leaders in both penalties taken and penalties drawn. And at some point last season, it was heading towards like the halfway point of the season. He was a point per game player, right? If you get that guy who leads the league in taking and drawing penalties, and he's a point per game guy, that is a massively valuable player. The problem with yep. Pierre-Luc Dubois, from what I saw of his time in Winnipeg, and I would think was, you know, uh, explained a lot of his time in Columbus, is he can be wildly inconsistent and fall asleep for long stretches of time. So I'm not willing to say that the experiment in LA has failed and it's over, you know, because this could just be one of those times that he goes to sleep. And if he wakes up and is the Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's that beast who just kind of takes over games and he does it in the playoffs for the LA Kings, maybe it'll be worth it for them. But the one thing I've always thought about Pierre-Luc Dubois is he's shown flashes of being one of those guys who could be one of the upper echelon game changer type players in the NHL when he's on his game he is he just isn't that often enough to deserve that title of being among the league's best so for me that contract was a little steep because that contract for sure was paying for him for what they believe he can become and not what he is what he is up until this point is not reflective of that contract he's got to get better to earn it in my mind it's amazing what winning does uh and and not feeling like you're missing anybody. Pierre-Luc Dubois in Winnipeg. We were just speaking moments ago about Bo Horvat going back into Vancouver and how polite the fans were. And, yeah, it's easy to be polite when you're a win away from leading the Western Conference the next day. Yeah. Right? Don't miss him so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot of people missing um, missing Pierre-Luc Dubois. And here's the interesting part is the return for that. Gabe Velarde, he popped in, had a couple good games to start off the season and then was injured and is expected to be out for about six weeks, although he's skating again. Maybe they'll accelerate that timetable. But, I mean, Alex Iafalo steps onto that top line and is helping that top line of the Jets along with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley to be one of the hottest lines in the NHL right now defensively responsible guy, but is constantly creating the chaos in front of the net that gets the eyes of the defenders turned towards him and turned away from Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, which allows Kyle Connor to hide. He's one of the best guys in the league at disappearing and reappearing in dangerous spots. And Mark Shifley has always been a load to handle. He's able to fight off one, two guys at a time. The more guys that are stuck in front of the net dealing with Alex Iafalo um, is just, so good for that line. They've really found their chemistry. So who knows what Gabe Velarde is going to do here. But right now, it would look like a one-for-one trade of Alex Iafalo for Pierre-Luc Dubois 
would be a massive win for the Winnipeg Jets. And that doesn't count the fourth line center that they picked up in Rasmus Kapari as well. So we're about to see when Gabe Velarde gets back just how much deeper that makes this team and how good they are. But again, I'm not sleeping on Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, especially with all the, you know, that's a deep, deep team. Yeah. The center ice position out in LA, if he gets going and those three centers get going at the same time, that's a hard team to stop. So they're not, I don't think they're too worried about right now. They're worried about down the road. And if he can show up down the road, they'll be in a good spot. So with the division that the least Canadian teams play in, we probably don't talk about the Central as much. Maybe you could handicap what you think from what you've seen so far on Dallas and Colorado, uh, St. Louis, Arizona. Those are probably the teams that are going to be the, you know, the competitors for the Jets, I would say, in their quest to make the playoffs. Yeah, so if, uh, let's start with the guys below the Jets in the standings, the St. Louis and the, uh, the Arizonas of the world. Young, exciting teams. I love that kind of hockey, guys. I love when a team is kind of turning things around. I've been waiting for years for Ottawa to do it. Uh, uh, Buffalo's another team. I've seen them stockpiling talent. I've been waiting for them to kind of turn the corner. These two teams, the St. Louis Blues, seem to be turning the corner faster than I thought they would have. Arizona, it's nice to see them finally picking themselves up off the mat after years. But when I've seen the Jets play these teams, they're not in the same caliber as the Winnipeg Jets. You know, the the Jets break those teams by the end of games. They just can't hang with them. Their structure is not as, as rigid and as well executed as the Jets are. I don't see them because they're young teams getting to the point where they learn so much about it that they're they're, you know, getting beyond a team like that. So I really do think, you know, if Minnesota wakes up, that's a team that I think you have to worry about. They had a slow start last year and then came storming on at the end of the year and almost won the Central. So I'm not counting that team out yet. Um, Dallas was a measuring stick game the other night for the Winnipeg Jets. And to me, they clearly looked like they were a step ahead of the Jets. I, I count them in that heavyweight division that I was referring to earlier on. Colorado is an interesting one to me because they had, you know, a big win last night, a couple of games ago, they had a massive loss where they allowed eight goals against Colorado. To me, uh, I've never seen a team as dominant as I saw them on the way to the Stanley cup a couple of years ago. So, you know, that's in their DNA, their defense is ridiculously stacked, uh, but they kind of got tired because of the injuries down the stretch last year and it cost them in the playoffs. I'm wondering if they're just, that team now that kind of hangs around during the season and knows when to turn it on at the end of the year. If they are, I think they're as dangerous as anyone in the West, including the likes of, you know, the Vancouver Canucks or the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, But you never know. I wasn't expecting them to lose to the Seattle Kraken last year. So maybe they've unlocked something in them that is a weakness that they haven't solved. Uh, Allowing eight goals in a game kind of suggests those problems that still exist there. But uh I still see them finishing ahead of the Jets in, in, in the Central Division. One more for me, Sean. And I know we've had you on the show in the past, and, and we have talked about uh, the economic challenges uh, in Winnipeg, and it's it, every team feels it for sure. Um, but in this instance with Winnipeg, how much extra pressure do you think that we haven't really seen before is on ownership or management to keep – uh, the fan base that they already still have there engaged based on uh, these challenges? 
Well, like anyone else, it's massive. Um, I don't necessarily see a fan base that is not engaged here. I I mean, I've said this in the past, um, and I know that the Jets ownership has a different different viewpoint of this, and I know that they really feel that they have to have a winner in order for people to show up. I don't agree with that, and I think that if you're a hockey market that says people aren't going to show up to this building if we're not winning, then you're in trouble because not every team is going to win every single year. At some point, things are going to dip. And so if the Winnipeg Jets think they they have to have a winner, then what's going to happen when they have a loser, right? I I think that what we've seen here is, um, uh, you know, and this is anecdotally, and I've heard this over and over and over again, so by no means is this a study that I've read or done or anything like this, but anecdotally, over and over and over again, I heard that from fans that had had season tickets since day one in 2011 up until now. They've foregone buying a car for their family because they put that money into the Jets and season tickets every single night for all those years. And I think what happened was when seats started opening up, the way that they were handling things is people were getting into the building for cheaper than the season ticket holders were getting in. And soon enough, the season ticket holders were looking and saying, why am I doing this? Other guys are getting in for cheaper um and and it's the other thing like in calgary i think it was last year maybe they do this every year but their season ticket holders get a brand new jersey every year right like you got to make sure that your season ticket holders feel appreciated and feel exalted right because you are the guys who are laying out the money to make sure there's stability for the organization i think that there was a little bit of a detachment there between the season ticket holders and the organization i think that there's some people who are missed because of it i think that the organization has to reach back to those people say where did we go wrong and what can we do to make it right and until that happens i think you're going to continue to see the two three four thousand empty seats in the in the canada life center that we're seeing right now last one for me um just a, a quick thought did i see nick Ealers fight the other day what's going on there oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah um man it's just like fourth or fifth or something is it like really that. yeah well, that I think short his first one was against his first one was against ryan Getzlaff a number of years i remember that yeah since, and and he's always going against a bigger guy Some now, giant. he's not going against heavyweights right like he's not tapping nick Kiprios on the shoulder and saying let's go at this. <laughs> he's he grabbing can now. guys <laughs> he's grabbing guys and he's doing his thing and he never really loses the fight uh he's a wiry guy um i i think that it's usually a sign that nick healers is getting going now i don't think that he's a guy who should be doing it over and over again he doesn't need to break a hand or anything like that the funny part about that is his mom and sister were in the stands and they uh, said you're not gonna fight tonight are you and he said i think i'm done with the fighting and then sure enough that's exactly when the fights are going to come find you but hey he does it standing up for vladislav nemesnikov who is a quiet soldier on this team that the the players absolutely love i know a lot of people want to see fighting rooted out of the game i know people get upset with me when i make comments like that having played you know i never played what nick did nick will be able to tell you about this but having played senior hockey and levels like that when you get a guy who stands up for you when something has done something terrible to you that builds brotherhood that builds kinship and the winnipeg jets i think it's a sign that they're all on the same page because adam lowry's done it a bunch of times this year brennan dillon's done it a bunch of times these guys have each other's back and they show it time and time again in moments like that just like nick ehlers did Hey, Sportsnet just signed a massive deal with MMA, didn't they? So Yeah, UFC, baby. <laughs> seems to be an appetite everywhere for that sort of stuff. Hey, Sean, great stuff, man. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Yeah. 
Love, love being on with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Sean Reynolds. And, uh, yeah, hopefully and yeah, hopefully they, whatever issues are going on out there, uh, they can start a new consecutive streak of sellouts because it was really, it was great. It was magical when they, yeah. when they came back. Sean makes a great point, though, that, you know, it's going to ebb and flow in every city with wins and losses, and you can't just bank on having a winner to keep people in the building. It's just not sustainable in a salary cap league. Yeah. So. I talked to someone uh, from Winnipeg at the Hockey Hall of Fame on, on Monday, and they said the maj- it's, it's kind of unlike uh, just one owner to a season ticket. There's a lot of people with packages of season tickets, too, and they, do, they share. Oh, yeah. So if one, you know, leaves or bails, it's, it puts a tremendous amount of stress on, on three other partners of season tickets. Right. So unfortunately, well, I think that's, that's what happened too. Well, and I know initially when they were coming back, I had friends that were like, can you get online and try to get these tickets? It was like, you know, first click, first serve type yeah. of thing. And so I had friends in Calgary that bought two season tickets. They didn't even live in Winnipeg anymore, but they were like, just in case it's so hard to get these, I know I can get yeah. rid of them. If that demand is softened, there'd be no reason to like, you know, keep those tickets. So I could I could see things changing. Um, remember when Ehlers and Thornton got into it? When Thornton was on the Leafs? It was like during the, it was yes, during like the, yeah. the COVID season. Yes. He was like almost Thornton crying in the box. Around. He was yeah. trying to fight him. That was actually probably my favorite Joe Thornton Leafs memory. Ooh. That's too bad. Not a ton. <laughs> <laughs> he did score. Not he, a ton. He did score against the half That's of the playoffs. Not exactly a Hall of Fame uh, moment, moment there. No, yeah. it was not. Yeah, playing on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Boy. Anyways. Right. Game time? Game time. Oh, I started crying. Uh, it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Play responsibly. Now, you were mentioning uh, JT Miller and how he's leading the league in points. What do you think his odds are for the MVP? JT Miller MVP has got to be like 40 to 1. 80 to 1. 80 to 1, yeah. Yeah. 80 to 1. Any any value there? There's value there, yeah. No, he's next. Playing on a good Connects team with good players. Still kind of a centerman trophy. By the way, uh, Timmy Stu scored with two seconds left at OT. No. He he batted it out of midair. Oh, did he? Like it came way up high, and he, like, full baseball swinged it into the net. So what a show for the fans yeah. overseas. Yeah. Get a 5-4 OT um, finish. But, yeah, you know, I'm really pandering to our Vancouver audience, talking about JT Miller's MVP odds here. <laughs> but, like, to me, I look at that. It's like a guy that's having an awesome year, the narrative-based thing, guy that's coming back. The question is... He's tied with Quinn right now. Yeah. The, the, the bigger question is, has, has Connor completely opened this up 100%. for uh, uh, a game 75 to 82 finish for this award? You watched Connor last night? Yeah. He had a couple of speed bursts. Better. You know, like it's not, can you get value on Connor McDavid yet? Maybe at that oh, point? no, he's still he's up still there. He's yeah. still favorite. Yeah, he's Plus still up there. Yeah. But. They're, they're smarter than they watch the rocket. Hockey. What about the rocket? Oh, no, no. Well, hold on for a second. Yeah, I'm going to throw out another name for you for MVP. Mm. Sid. Oh <laughs> boy, he ain't done, boys. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Kipper, because I looked up his odds just as you guys were talking to Sean. What a producer! 
He is 100 to 1 to win no. the MVP. Sidney Crosby's 100 to 1? Yeah. Why wouldn't you take that? Throw a couple of bucks <laughs> at that. Oh, I vote. I can't. Oh, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I forget every show. <laughs> but no, that is a very tempting. Right? For 10 bucks to that? Stay healthy, Sid, and you're, you should be in for your 100 points. If Sid gets, yeah, 90, 95, 100 points and plays Sid Crosby defense and. They make the playoffs, like when well, everyone was kind McDavid of expecting them Matt, to. You know. Like we know, we know what Sid would do. We're just not sure over the course of eighty games if, you know, Gino's got another eighty-five points in him, and is is Carlson? I think Carlson's on a pace he's for back. another ninety. Yeah, he's eighty-five, ninety he's points. He's gotten hot. Like if if those guys hang in there, and and produce like that, and they get some goaltending, why wouldn't you think Sid wouldn't be in the mix? No, you're right. Down the stretch. It's 100% Fair. Right. And it's also a narrative-based award, yep. and everyone knows the name Sidney Crosby. Yep. He is in the mix. It's and like it's, to Bergeron Selke. He's I was going to say, almost like a Lifetime Achievement Award at this point where it's like he's having another incredible year, down year for – I am going to bet that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next one here. Um, looking at some of the games tonight, trying to find value. I'm starting to think that the Lightning might suck. Uh, a lot of good players on that team to make that. They're now they've, they've lost three in a row. Um, they're a minus seven or eight goal differential. I think they are oh, outside of a playoff spot. I just I watched I watched <laughs> watched them play. They're not getting goaltending, so maybe once Vasilevsky comes back, it's a different conversation. But I'm looking at them. They're playing against the Chicago Blackhawks in uh, Chicago tonight. A Chicago, it's a bit of a long shot, this but Chica- mental. Chicago to win with a Bedard goal is plus 425. And I love watching the Blackhawks because I love watching Connor Bedard. He's the next, you know, great hope for Canadian hockey. And he's just a stud. So now I, I have to tell you that I have great, great fear of American hockey. Yeah. And I get really excited when we still put out the best guy. Yeah. And it's like, he's the next best guy. And it's like, I need him to be good for like my mental health. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm really rooting for Connor Bernard. I really love yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. It's really hard for me to, to suggest that a team with Kucherov, Point, Hedman, mm. Stamkos, Hagel, Paul, Sergachev, Sorelli, suck. <sighs> I'm sorry. I can't do it. You shouldn't do it. I can't. Okay, and I'm, I'll be the, I'll be the first one to do it. I'll sound like an idiot, or I'll sound really smart, but have, I don't believe in him. Just show me an Set average it. Vasilevsky when he comes back, and I'll have no problem telling you this team's going nowhere fast. Okay, but not yet. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and the other one I had for value, uh, Vancouver's playing in Calgary tonight. Second half of back to back, they're plus one thirty in Calgary tonight. Ooh, so they're a pretty big underdog. You you got to assume that'll be the Smith, bit of a road trip after or flying to Calgary after their game last night or whatever. So maybe that's why. But pretty good value on the I literal. Like the I like literal the best team in the Western Conference yeah. at plus one thirty. You're probably not going to get that a bunch. Plus so. money and good teams. You like those bets. Yep. So okay. that was game time presented by Bet three six five. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet three six five. Must be nineteen plus Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll get through some uh, NHL news and notes. Adam Ernie find the maximum for an elbow. I want to get your thoughts on it, Gordy, uh, <laughs> Justin, and we'll pick a little bit of Gary Bettman's uh, address to the media in Stockholm. Talked Ottawa Senators, World Cup, I think a Hockey Canada investigation, NHL draft, the traditional draft is 
over. Oh, boy. We'll get into that and more on The Real Kipper and Born Show when we return. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jimmy Stu. Ottawa Senators. Tim, Tim Stutzla. There it is. What have I been saying all these years? Ah, Stutzel. I, I never. What do you say? I have no idea. I thought it was both sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> so That's what he, he, Timmy he, Stu. He, he, he threw, he, uh, he swiped it out of the air. Yep. Yeah. He hit a, basically a, a single through the infield. Yep. For the game winner. Yep. Jay fans are going, where was that? Yeah. <laughs> Where is that down the stretch With for runners us? Runners on, we could have used a couple of those <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you, did you have uh, the Oilers down and out last night? I watched another a lot uh, of the game, and I will say there's a point in the second period where I thought they looked bad. They look, they it, yeah, they looked the same as yes. throughout the year. Yes. I kept waiting for okay, Knobloch's there. They've won a couple. Here come the Oilers, and it was just like not there. And then I went to bed, and it turns out it happened. <laughs> Our uh, Louis DeBrusque uh, on the call uh, emphasized Darnell Nurse doing a, pretty much a Superman to save an empty net goal that yes. would have sealed yep. the deal for Seattle, mm-hmm. and how that ignited the comeback uh, led by Evander Kane, who scored and then he scored and then he scored natural hat trick to lead the Oilers. Love that. To their fifth win of the season. Here come the Oilers. I was trying God, to be like n- Jack Michaels down that, the stretch that, here. Uh, that Knobloch's in a great job. Oh, has he? God, oh, what a great job. What, yeah, a, he's, what a bunch of changes he made there. Undefeated. If they go on to like win every game from here on in and set NHL record, would Jay Woodcroft be part of that record? I don't know how that would work. But I do feel bad because I don't want to make fun of Chris Knobloch. It's not his fault that the team was already pretty good. He won the first game of this streak so far. Are they sharing whatever is going on right now? Kojak Adams winners? This is Probably not. I'll tell you right now. This is the exact same winning streak if old Jay's behind the bench. Knobloch could be a great coach. He could be one of the best coaches in the NHL. But there is no difference if Jay's still standing there. I feel bad for him. Like, you know, how do you separate yourself? The team... Has been to the conference final yeah. and won playoff runs very recently. How do you separate yourself and say, look at what I've done with this group? I guess just do it again from where they were. I don't know. Go a step further. Uh, win the, the win, win Lord Stanley's mug. Did, did we not see a, a, a hit to the head out of Adam Ernie last night? You gave him the old chicken wing. Yeah. It's actually pretty bad. To be honest, I'd be totally fine with that having been a suspendable play. I think it really just has to come down to yeah, for guys hurt or not if he yeah. gets up i i don't know is that it's just an elbow penalty unless he doesn't get up yeah, well I, I mean that was, a, it was at least a major then he clipped them pretty good I, didn't like the play yeah i i've seen go watch a game i've seen stuff be called worse and then get suspended like it just didn't look good he yeah. skated right by him looked at him and bang elbow oh, elbowed him right in the head my yeah. headphones went out but why do you have that style headphone <laughs> anyway 
All right, let's go to uh, Gary Batman. Anything in particular that we're going to hear, Sammy, because I didn't go through your clips. I'm sorry. I, uh, I would like to hear the stuff on Old and Lauer talking about how he feels wrong by what happened. I, with the- I would say that the most compelling stuff is definitely on the Senators. There's two clips from Gary, the first two on your list there. From on Ann Lauer 1 and 2. We could start with the first one if you want, and then we can uh, go from there. All right. Our first Kippers Clipper on the national show, Commissioner Gary Bettman on Michael Ann Lauer. I'm not going to get into a public debate with Michael Ann Lauer. I don't think that's constructive uh, for him, me, or the league. Uh, I'm more than comfortable with what we did, and maybe on reflection, Michael will be if he's not already more comfortable with the way things were handled. Oh, I would hate that if I were Ann Lauer. Don't you suggest that now I've changed my mind while I'm not there to... I don't want to get in a public spat with Michael Ann Lauer, but let's get in a public spat. (laughs) I bet he feels differently now that he's had time to cool down his little emotions and think, oh, that would make me mad. (laughs) You want to go to the second one yeah, before let, we address let, this? Let's play the second clip okay. there, uh, Derek. Well, I consider the matter closed, but I'm always open for dialogue with owners on any subject they want at any point in time. doesn't mean that we're inviting it, and it doesn't mean that there would be a change. But, you know, Michael's always free to talk to me as, as he is, and he's always free to express himself, as he did, even if I happen not to agree. Stay on the aisle, second row. Okay, um, Gary, last year I asked you with Cut this it. little Stanley Cup why you didn't bring the real one. You brought the, the one, so credit Derek, to Derek. you. Oh. We want to start our show again, Derek. <laughs> um, I had heard that Gary wanted, Commissioner Gary, Batman wanted to whack Shane Pinto a lot more than he did. Oh, really? Yes. Really he has to send be, a message. He, he needed to be talked down to... 41 games. Well, yeah, I mean, that... that it, th- there was enough for him to really... I think he already did, but really, really set an example from Shane Pinto. But to me, what he's talking about there is the first for the, the Donoff thing, right? He's talking about that punishment, yeah. and that's what Ann Lauer... Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's is what it, is yeah. this all... Okay, I thought yeah, it was, was on Pinto. Yeah. No, it was on Ann Lauer and him okay. talking about the, the first round pick. Because to me, he yeah. says this, right. you know, to me, this is closed or whatever, but yeah. I would invite him to talk to me yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he spoke gonna, I, and I, I disagree. Like the door's open to change their mind on that one. I still feel like it is. Um, if well, you, if Lou Lamarillo with... Yeah. And that was brought up in the question. Ian Mendez asked both the questions about Ottawa, and he followed up asking about that exact thing. Okay. And that's where that answer came from. We have a clip on Shane Pinto. We have two, actually. Okay. But if you want to play the number six for us, Derek, Gary Bettman clip six on on Shane Pinto. What's clear is there was no betting on NHL hockey, but there are lots of ways that you can involve yourself in sports betting that are inappropriate, and most of them are common sense. Okay, uh, without telling you what Shane did or didn't do, uh, if, if you're in a jurisdiction where you're not supposed to be betting, you shouldn't be betting. If you're betting on a platform that says you shouldn't be sharing an account, you shouldn't be sharing an account. If you are in a jurisdiction where people shouldn't be placing bets for you, you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, there's a litany of things that 
as a matter of common sense, people would know. And the players get briefed on this annually by security. We do briefings on it at the uh, rookie orientation program. There's no surprise here. Okay, Gary, you lost our audience when he said common sense. <laughs> there is no common sense. A common Guaranteed. sense would be not so, have a gambling sponsor as your helmet sponsor. But then- he also just said that a third party placed a bet on Shane Pinto's account. Um, he mentioned jurisdiction, which implies he was on, at the rink. At the rink. Uh, also, if he was at the rink at that point, maybe Pinto saying someone placed an, uh, a bet on my account while I was at the rink. It wasn't me placing it. Like, I mean, kind of just told us what happened. This Pinto. Is just at the end of the day, a very slippery slope. It always has been. It always will will be. And what's slippery about it, though? What's slippery about it? Don't bet. It? You got buddies. Every day you talk to your buddies. Hey, Kip, every, would every you let me day, use your account to gamble? No. Not a chance. Listen, <laughs> you know where the slippery slope is? Players, trainers, coaches. What's stopping okay. anybody from making a phone call and saying, who's playing tonight? Who's hurt? Who's feeling good? Who just had a baby yeah. and didn't sleep the night before? Slippery slope. For trainers? For Yeah, I mean... Sharing information. But it's not for NHL players. This is not confusing to me. You can't, to me, Pinto may have plausible deniability based on this third party thing, but you can't let people bet on your account. No, you can't, but you can also, you know, share information so you can bet on your own account. And what's the difference? We share information so they can bet on their account or whatever. Yeah. It's just. A slippery slope. My I'll, whole point that. is, is that there will always be a, such a gray area. Well, guys are going to do it, and guys are going to get caught for sure. This is going to happen. It's happened in the NFL multiple times this year. I mean, this is, yes, it is. Yeah. But I don't know, I get, you know, how new any of that is. You turn on Netflix right now, and you can go ahead and watch a yeah. few documentaries about players betting on sports. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it just seems like if if you've invited more mainstream, yeah. then the the lines moved on where you feel you're at. Yeah, and you're right. You're and right there. Michael Anlauer, you know, he threw out young, lots of cash, uh, celebrities out there pushing this yeah. on a, well, you know. I didn't like his Pinto arguments to me. I don't like that argument. No, you can't, you can't do it. No, um, carefully. Correct. And there's another one more on Pinto where Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star, who's over there covering the lease, obviously asked him an excellent question about the Pinto suspension. If and it's a, an exchange with him. It's about a minute long clip. If you want to have it, it's clip number eight, Derek. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, uh, I'm curious about Shane Pinto's suspension. Why is it a 41 game suspension and he doesn't even have a contract? When Patrick Marlowe's Iron Man streak was going. He missed a few games because he didn't have a contract, and his Ironman streak continued after he signed his contract. So he, even though he missed a few games, why is a 41-game suspension a suspension when he player doesn't have a contract yet? Because my guess is he doesn't have a contract because of the suspension. <laughs> well, but but people knew that he was being investigated. He's not earning a salary for 41 games. games. You know, in in his in circumstances, 
sometimes require that you take a step back and analyze what's going on instead of just using some rote formula. Uh, once it was clear he was being investigated, uh, I presume that his team didn't think it was a good idea to sign him while the investigation was going on. So in fact, it was sort of a de facto suspension. That's a really great question. Patrick Marlowe catching a stray in Sweden. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if the games don't count when you're not under contract, then what Then what are you suspending him for? Oh, yeah. He's got to serve 41 once he signs his contract. And It's an awesome way to word it. The loophole there is basically Ottawa was going to have to give him $2.1 million yeah. or whatever, and they're saying if you're going to suspend this guy, then we're going to wait and sign him for seven fifty or whatever. Almost reminded me of... Uh... Uh, early in my career when Alan Eagleson was still running the NHLPA and everybody would be kind of scared to ask him a question, but they, they did anyways. There's a really tough guy named Wally Weir, I think for Quebec Nordiques, and he asked a question and, and Alan Eagleson just turned around and said, Wally, sit down. You're lucky to be in the league. Oh, oh my God. God. Really? That was it. That was it. That's how no he answered answer, it. Yeah. No answer. Meanwhile, Eagleson's no, actually, eating lunch on my been, family's money it, at the it time. It might have been sit down and <laughs> shut up. You're lucky to be in the league. Jeez. So at least at least Kevin didn't get that yeah. out of Gary Batman. But, yeah, but, but uh, Batman was basically like, without using these words, uh, we do what we want. Yeah. Um, because I said so. That's right. Do you want the Bill Daly clip on the draft format? I know you care so much yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I actually wrote about oh, it today. Stupid. I will, I will say Bill Daly... Not the most electrifying speaker, so prepare right. yourself for this clip. On the clip. NHL draft yeah. that uh, a lot of people are going to be very disappointed in. We actually did a poll, an informal poll of our clubs with respect to what they wanted uh, the draft to look like and whether they wanted to, to continue in the traditional format or a new format. And we, surprisingly to, to some of us, uh, we got an overwhelming response that we should uh, try to pursue a new draft format. So that's what we're going to do. Um, the issue, the the only open issue is whether we do that as early as 2024 or whether we push it to 2025. Um, I think our objective is to have a 2024 draft that looks uh, a lot like our traditional draft, and then transition in 2025. Bueller. Tough listen. Bueller. <laughs> well, if you get past that, you're not excited to hear him. But it's true. Uh, I think in a perfect world, the last traditional one would be in Vegas at the Sphere. Oh, let's baby. go. We're, we got to go. Hey, sports, oh, are you listening? Can yes. you send us down there for the draft? And then you'll see it localized somewhere where you'll get i don't know 15 20 of the top picks in the world in one location mm-hmm. and then the rest will be done over zoom the teams will be stay in their respective towns and and work it through the internet you know what the team should do is they should sink some money into their Zoom backgrounds, make them look as good as Colby's. Oh my God. Get the boardroom yeah. spiced up because we don't need to see <laughs> yeah. 
Some bleak board. The, the best one ever was during COVID. In Eiserman's house? No, Belichick. Blinds Belichick? It Belichick yeah. Where it's like this video where Belichick wasn't even in his kitchen anymore. It was just his dog sitting <laughs> at <That's right. laughs> So, you know, the, the one thing that I heard is like this solves a lot of problems for GMs. Uh, one of them is the owners, the owners are, are tired of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. And what happens with these towns, and this happens even here. I'm hearing, like, good luck trying to get a hotel ticket with Taylor Swift concerts. They go from 400 bucks a night to 1200 bucks a night. Mm. So, When is that happening soon? No, know. November 24. Oh. So, it's a year from now. Oh, I thought it was so this year. They get it's to, November like now. They get to clear out all the costs. The, num- the, the, the second thing is, is that they have more time now to prepare between the end of the Stanley Cup final the draft and free agency. That's a big deal for them. They can't do it like an extra traveling day. back and forth. And the another reason why the no general Wi-Fi managers, on the planes? The last reason why the general managers want to get rid of it? Mm. Privacy. They're yeah. tired of it watching Elliot hide behind a plant. <laughs> Is anyone really <laughs> cheating on someone on looking at someone else's paper though? Oh, we weren't gonna take him. No, but they're gonna but take you know him what pisses like them off? Elliot. That if if they are talking to another team, yeah. they don't want to do it in front of nine thousand people you don't need to know and on national television and it does tip their hand. Yeah. I, I, honestly that is fair. Like I, I think it's a little bit yeah, ridiculous. But you know what else, but... guys? It's an entertainment league. Yeah. Heaven forbid the, yeah. the people That's you know, fair too. are entertained in the process yeah. of your so serious business. Yeah, you want to be entertained, Gianna Manager say, go hire a juggler. <laughs> okay. Great. Hey, ride a one wheeled a, a unicycle? Cycle. A unicycle? Yeah, unicycle. that happens in intermission. Okay. That's also there. a part of what you're selling. There. Uh, I'm trying to win. Yeah. Well, if I'm the owner, I'm trying to entertain people so they come give me money. But anyway. All right. We've solved nothing. Not like I'm in this hour. Hey, we could talk about a hockey game tomorrow, boys. Oh, thank God. Nine games on tap tonight, though. Yes, sir. And then tomorrow, 2 p.m., puck drop. And tomorrow, we will be going live from 5 to 7, correct? Yes, correct. Good thing uh, I got that in because I wouldn't have <laughs> if my producer was. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was, it's all right. I'm here to help you. Almost got the laptop closed and still took Have it right Have a great home. night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Real Kipper and Born.